good morning. So somehow we have reached the last Sunday in February. It's gone by pretty quickly. The last Sunday in February means that this is also the last Sunday of the quarter in our Bible classes. Um, so we'll be starting new Bible classes next quarter. So I want to draw your attention to this blue sheet that you'll find in your bulletin. It has a summary of the Bible classes that will be starting next week, the adult Bible classes and then also the middle school and high school classes. What I'd like for you to do is to really take this, spend some time in thought and prayer, and pick a class that you're going to attend for the next three months starting next week. Um, Be a part of that. It's really important to us individually, but certainly important to us as a family that we're all engaged and study together in God's Word. So please pay attention to that. Please pick a class and please be there starting next week. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for all your blessings. Father, you bless us in ways that we see around us. Father, you bless us in ways that we don't see. And Father, we thank you for all of those things. Father, our prayer this morning is that you will help us to to be focused on you and your kingdom. And Father, that that focus will overwhelm everything else that is going on in our lives. Father, that the, the pressures and the difficulties of life that we face, Father, that we'll understand that, that those are, are difficult, those are hard to get through, but they really pale in comparison to what's waiting for us with you when you take us to be with you. And Father, we look forward to that day. Father, we pray this prayer through your Son, our Savior, Jesus, who we acknowledge is the Christ. Amen. So this is our final week in our eight-part sermon series that we've called Resolve to Follow. As I'm sure all of you know by now, it's a series that was developed in response to our 2014 Netherwood Park theme, our theme that all may know we are disciples of Jesus Christ. It's a theme that states our desire as a group of Jesus' disciples to reflect his nature at all times in all places, and in all situations, so that there will be no doubt that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And that's where we began our series in the very first week. We talked about no longer being enigmatic, but we want to be disciples who are actually antonyms of enigmatic, who are the opposite of enigmatic. And we do that by being people of clear and consistent character. And that character will reflect the character of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. And then second week, we stressed the importance of getting dusty. We focused on Jesus' call to leave behind the filth that comes from walking in step with sin and to replace the filth of the world with the dust that comes and only comes from following closely in the steps of Jesus Christ. And then in week three, we counted the cost We counted the cost as we talked about the reality that following Jesus will interfere with our lives, and it will come at a price. Sacrifices will have to be made. Things will have to be given up, and our priorities will have to be adjusted. And then week four was in conjunction with our baby celebration Sunday. And as we celebrated the babies who were born into our congregation in 2013, We also took the opportunity to stress the importance of giving our children to the Lord. We want to give our children to the Lord because we recognize that that's the greatest gift that we can possibly give to our children. And we understand that we all have the opportunity 
And we all have the responsibility to start our children on the path of following Jesus at the very earliest ages. So they too can begin to be covered in the dust of Jesus. The fifth week was devoted to crazy love stories. And our need to forsake everyone and everything else in order to make Jesus the great love of our lives. And we emphasize that our love for Jesus is in response to the ultimate crazy love story. The love story where Jesus sacrificed everything and came to this earth because of his great love for us. And then in the sixth week we talked about rules and we talked about relationships. And we stress that choosing to follow Jesus is choosing obedience from the inside out. Obedience that is a response to Jesus' love for us and our love for him. And we reminded ourselves that placing our hope in our ability to follow rules and regulations only provides a false sense of security. And we affirmed that true security only comes through a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. And then last week we went back to the beautiful scene that's recounted in John 13, where Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and he washed the feet of his disciples. And we focused on the fact that Jesus calls on us to love and serve him by loving and serving our fellow disciples. And we talked about choosing a life devoted to love and service of others. And using the imagery of Jesus' towel, we noted that we have all been given towels, and those towels have been given for us to use in loving service of each others, of each other. And we want our towels to be covered in the dirt of our fellow disciples. We saw that we all have the ability to wash away the dirt of cruelty with our compassion. And we have the opportunity to wash away the dirt of hostility with our kindness. And we have the ability to wash away the dirt of arrogance and pride with our humility. And we can wash away the dirt of harshness with our gentleness. And we're able to remove the dirt of frustration and irritation with our patience. And we're able to counteract the dirt of blame and grudges and retaliation with our forgiveness. So as followers of Jesus, we too will be on our knees in service, getting our towels dirty. And so in this, our last week of our series, we're going to focus on the joy to be found in the journey of following Jesus. And I have to confess to you, I find this a difficult topic to preach about. I find it difficult not because it's controversial, because I know that many of us here this morning are dealing with things in our lives that make it very difficult to feel joyful. I know that some here have recently lost spouses or other loved ones. I know that some here have recently gone through the heartbreak of divorce. I know that some here are dealing with long-term illnesses or taking care of loved ones who are ill. Some of us are dealing with constant family conflict. Some of us here are dealing with crushing financial pressures. And I could keep going on because many of us are dealing with many different things. But the point is there are many things that happen in our lives that make it really difficult to feel joy. And I know that if you're in that place, 
If you're in that situation where joy seems a long way off, probably the last thing that you want to hear is someone who isn't dealing with what you're dealing with get up and tell you that you need to get your act together and you need to start feeling joyful. And I know that if you're in a place that's a long way away from joy, the last thing that you probably want to hear is someone quoting scriptures to you. Scriptures that seem to say that you need to just get it all together and start being joyful. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell you to get your act together and start being joyful. And I'm not going to quote scriptures at you to prove you need to get it together and start acting joyfully. But I am going to tell you that I believe that we can all find joy in our journey following Jesus, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And I'm going to refer to scriptures that encourage us to find joy in Jesus in the midst of difficult circumstances. At the outset, I think we need to make a distinction between happiness and joy as it's talked about in the Bible. Most of you probably remember the Bobby McFerrin song from the 1980s. Bobby McFerrin famously saying, don't worry, be happy. I didn't like the song very much, but I guess the sentiment is fine. But I don't think it's a biblical sentiment. I don't think the Bible says, don't worry, be happy. But I do think that the Bible says, don't worry, be joyful. And I think there's a huge difference between the two. Happiness is the freedom from normal cares and worries. Happiness is having good fortune. When we're happy, it's because things are going well for us. We're not dealing with crises. Our relationships are good. Our health is good. Our finances are good. Our job is good. And so on. And that gives us happiness. But the tough thing about happiness is it's also transient. And it's transient because it's dependent on circumstances. So if we're burdened with cares and worries, if things aren't going well for us, if we are dealing with crises, if our relationships are flawed, if we can't pay the bills, if we're dealing with illness, if we've lost our jobs, then our happiness goes away. It's transient. But joy, as talked about in the Bible, is different. Joy is enduring. Joy is lasting. And the reason that joy endures and the reason that joy lasts is because it comes from God. And God is the enduring one. And God is the lasting one. Happiness is the emotion you have when everything's going smoothly. Joy is what you have when God deals with you in a gracious manner in the midst of trouble, and you place those troubles in his hands. Happiness is being free of fear because everything seems to be under your control. Joy is being free of fear because you trust that God has everything under control. You see, joy is possible in all circumstances because God is in control. Because God reigns. And because we, as disciples of his son, have been made heirs. We're beneficiaries. We're inheritors of his kingdom. And that's the key point that you'll find on your outline. The key point is that the joy on the journey is only possible. It's only possible when we have a kingdom focus. 
a kingdom focus. Joy is only possible when we allow God's kingdom to be the central focus of our lives rather than allowing our circumstances to be the central focus of our lives. Turn again to Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46, the scripture that Bill just read. Listen again to Jesus' words. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. See, this illustrates that joy on the journey is only possible when we recognize the value of God's kingdom. Joy is only possible when we see that God's kingdom overshadows everything else. Joy is only possible when we grasp that being a part of God's kingdom overwhelms everything else. And it's only then that scriptures like 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 16 through 18 start to make sense. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, Paul says this, he said, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. How do we have joy? How do we not lose heart when we're faced with things like death and troubles? Well, that's possible by focusing on the glory of God's eternal kingdom, which overshadows and overwhelms everything else. Listen to Jesus' words from Luke chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. In Luke 6, Jesus said, Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you, and insult you, and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. How do we have joy? Even leap for joy. In the midst of hate and exclusion and insults and rejection. Well, Jesus tells us that's possible by focusing on the reward promised to those who are in God's kingdom. And for those who endure in the tradition of God's great prophets. See, joy on the journey is only possible when we have a kingdom focus. So I want to spend the rest of our time talking about how we... We as followers of Jesus Christ can capture or recapture, as the case may be, the joy of our journey with Jesus Christ. I want us to do that by seriously considering seven different questions. Seven different questions for us to consider. So if you look on your outline, the first question that you'll find is, does our joy come from the Lord or from our present circumstances? Because we all need to understand that if we are searching for enduring joy in our present circumstances, we'll never find it. Because circumstances change. Bad things happen. 
Crisis arise, but the Lord is constant, and the Lord is faithful, and the Lord is and was and ever will be. The Lord is creator, and the Lord is our Father. And it's that focus that allows us to join with the psalmist in saying these words. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Disciples of Jesus Christ will find their enduring joy in the Lord and in the Lord alone. Well, the second question for us to consider is, do we find joy in the journey that we've joined? Isn't it remarkable to be a part of God's story? Isn't it amazing to be included in a journey that began before the earth even existed? Isn't it incredible to be mentioned by Jesus in the same breath as God's prophets? See, the journey that we're on didn't begin with us. And the journey we're on won't end with us. We have joined a journey that is God's journey. And it's a journey to his destination. And that's when his true glory will be revealed. We joined a journey taken by Noah and Abraham and Moses and Joshua and David and Elijah and Daniel and John the baptizer and Peter and Paul and Stephen and I could go on and on with names. That's the journey that we've joined. And disciples of Jesus Christ will find enduring joy in the fact that our part of the journey is just a little but very important part of God's great journey. So our third question, do we find joy in our travel companions? Now I want everybody to look to your right, that would be that way. Now look to your left, that would be that way. Turn around and look behind you, that would be that way. You see these people here? They're your travel companions. There are others on this journey with you. We're traveling on this journey together, and that should fill us with great comfort. And that should fill us with great joy. We're not alone. God has given us each other. He's given us each other to love each other, to serve each other, to encourage each other, to teach each other, to rejoice in each other. How wonderful that we're in this journey together. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, we'll find enduring joy in following Jesus Christ together. Fourth question, do we find joy in our provisions for the journey? Do we find joy in our provisions? See, God didn't send us on this journey unprepared. We've been equipped for the journey. I'll go through just some of the provisions that we've been given. We've been given the word. We have instructions and examples. 
We have warnings and encouragements. We have assurances and promises. We know who we follow. And we know that we are known. We know that we're loved and we're protected by the one we follow. Disciples of Jesus Christ will find enduring joy in the word of God. And we've been given prayer. A direct avenue to God. Where we can speak freely and openly about our hopes and fears. Where we can speak to him about our strengths and weaknesses. We can talk to God about our needs and our desires. We can tell him about our triumphs and also our sins. And God not only hears, but God answers. And he strengthens. And he forgives and he instructs and he guides and he counsels. Disciples of Jesus Christ will find enduring joy in our conversations with the Father. And we've been given the church. We've been given the body of Christ. We've been given the family of God. It's a place where we belong. It's a place where we're renewed. It's a place where we're strengthened. It's a place where we love and we are loved. It's a place where we forgive and we are forgiven. It's a place where we serve and where we are served. And disciples of Jesus Christ will find enduring joy in his church. We've also been given the perfect sacrifice. See, our Jesus provides hope. He provides grace. He provides forgiveness. Jesus is the one who makes this journey possible. He makes this journey meaningful because we're following in his steps. And when we follow in his steps, we know that our journey is on the path to the Father. So disciples of Jesus Christ will find enduring joy in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we've been given the Holy Spirit. John 14, verses 16 through 17, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And then in verse 26, he says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Spirit is with us forever. The Spirit lives with us and in us. The Spirit teaches us and reminds us and guides us and intervenes for us. So disciples of Jesus Christ will find enduring joy in the Holy Spirit who is with us on every step of our journey. So please take joy in the provisions that God has given us for this journey. The fifth question, do we find joy in root? You know, our journey was never meant to be a joyless slog through life as we await the coming glory. That's what, not what God intended for us. See, the kingdom of God is present now, and the kingdom of God is all around us. The God who rescued continues to rescue. The God who healed continues to heal. The God who created continues to create. 
God is at work in our world and we will find joy in his mighty acts that continue to occur. Disciples of Jesus Christ will find enduring joy throughout the journey because they will observe God at work in their lives and they will observe God at work in the lives of those who are around them. So our sixth question, do we find joy in our destination? Do we find joy in our destination? Our journey with Jesus is going somewhere. We have a destination. We're not just wandering aimlessly. In John 14, verses 2 through 4, Jesus promises, In my house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place I'm going. We know where we're going because Jesus leads us there. We know where we're going because our master is waiting for us there. Heaven has been prepared for us. Eternity with God is waiting for us. Listen to Paul's words in 2 Timothy. He says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Disciples of Jesus Christ will find enduring joy in the promise of our crown and enduring joy in the promise of eternal joy in the presence of our God. So I want to end with one final question for us to consider. Are we committed to being joy carriers instead of joy killers? Because joy is contagious, but so is misery. Joy is contagious, but so is negativity. Joy is contagious, but so is dissatisfaction. Joy is contagious, but so is discouragement. You get the idea. So as we end, I want us all to commit to each other to be carriers of joy, not killers of joy. To commit to infecting each other with the joy of the Lord as we journey in Jesus' steps together. So as we end, I'm going to ask us to do something slightly different than we normally do. I want us to start infecting each other with joy this morning. So I'm going to ask us to split right down the middle. So if you are on this side of me, when we stand up, I want you to face that direction. If you are on this side of me, when you stand up, I want you to face that direction. I want everybody to get one of those blue things in there that we used to use that are called songbooks. And I want you to turn to page 608. And I want us to stand up with our songbooks. I want us to face each other. And I want us to sing this song together, joyfully, with smiles on our face, so that we can infect each other with the joy of the journey with Jesus Christ. Let's stand up, face each other, and sing to each other now.